0: All right, so in Matthew, Jesus, he comes to this moment where he is coming to speak his message. You know, there's so many uh, other stories of Jesus in the Bible where he's giving truths and um, performing miracles and healing people and helping people to know God, bringing them to his Father and into relationship with him, and and but he gets to this moment where there's a multitude following him, and and he stops in this moment, and uh, and this is this message that he gives to us. And he starts out with the beatitudes, where he's giving us these thoughts, and and in this message, if you will, if I can kind of wrap it up just in a a little uh, picture that he's giving us how we should. Uh, how we should present ourselves to him and how we should present ourselves to people and, and then how we should live our lives to be holy as he is holy and that he is calling us to live that way. And when he starts these Beatitudes, you know, I don't know about you, but me, many times in the Bible you have these moments where the scriptures, you, you can read them for face value and not really, you can be like, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And what exact, I mean, does he, does he want me to be down and not feeling good? Like, oh, I just, I, you know, my, my life is so just poor in spirit, <laughs> you know? I, I don't know, like, but, and, and so you have to study these scriptures and, and look at these words, and I don't know if you've gone on, there's different websites now, you used to have to just look in the big Strong's Concordance book that was like this big, um, But when you study these words out and these scriptures, you start to understand that there's so much more to this message. And, And when Jesus is speaking, blessed are the poor in spirit, he's saying, blessed are the ones who their spirit isn't strong in themselves that their spirit isn't full of themselves, that they're not like, hey, I'm, I'm the man or I'm the woman, I got what it takes and I don't need anybody else, even God, because I've got everything. He's saying, blessed are those who understand that they don't have what it takes in themselves, that their spirit can't get them anywhere themselves. They, they, they can't make it to, to this relationship with God without me. He says, blessed are those who understand Not that they're, you know, have to hang their head, but but blessed are those that understand that they need me, that their spirit is strong in me and because of me and trusting in me, right? And he says, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who mourn. What? I mean, again... If you take these and just like read through these, you're like, man, like, what, what does my life have to be? He is not saying that you have to be sad and, and, and be mourning all the time or, or, or weak. And then he says, blessed are the meek. What? What? Blessed? Is he saying, I, can't, I have to be quiet? I know that's hard. That's actually not as hard for me, but for some people, um, you know, like my kids, a lot of times, it's hard to be quiet. Um, You know, what does he mean? This word here, meek, it means trusting in his will and what he, it's it's a word that means it's like submitted to him. He's not saying you have to go around submitting yourself to the world or to everybody else. He's saying, just understand that I want you to be submitted to what I have for you. Be submitted to me. But that does not mean that you're weak. It does not mean that you're quiet. It means that you are standing in what I want for you and you're trusting in me. He says, blessed are the pure in heart and the peacemakers. He's saying, listen, will you you please just live, live your life in a way that represents me and what I have come to give to you. And so when he goes past this moment where he's given the Beatitudes, he steps into this moment where he talks to us about how we should be to other people. And in verse 13 it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And this is what I want to talk about today, because in this moment, Jesus is sharing this message. It's like... If you want to listen to anybody's message, let's listen to Jesus's message, right? I mean, there's lots of good pastors and hopefully you enjoy this message today and I'm sure you enjoy Pastor Matt's messages that you've been here to hear. But Jesus's message, I mean, this is the one that should really change our lives and help us to become who we are, right? And he's saying, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that that you're supposed to be a mirror to reflect the negative that people have back on themselves to show them how bad they are. It says you're supposed to be the light of the world. He's asking us to live for something, and what that something is for is, is to live for him, to live to show people who he is. And how he can change your life, how he can take ashes and turn it into a beautiful person, how he can take somebody that, that has been a mess, you know, because he runs after us no matter how far we've been from him, yeah. and grabs hold of us, and he can, he can heal us and restore us so that we can be part of his family, to be a beautiful creation that he has created us for, right? He's saying, live for something so many times we can fall into this place and i'm just saying this not about you but just about everybody we have the tendency to be reactionary to react to things or to be against things and even you know as us as christian uh people that that there's so much stuff going on in the world right that that's negative or not right. It's not how Christ wants us to live or wants us to do in the government, in our job, in our schools. There's so many different things, right? And we can tend to be to 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 react to it and, and try to be a mirror and say that's wrong. And many times we do have to stand up for truth, right? And righteousness and speak truth. But every time we speak truth, it has to be in what? Love. It has to be in love. But what I'm saying is, is that God is, as, as Jesus is speaking, he's asking us, don't, don't live against something. Don't live anti-this or anti-that. Live for something. Live for Him. Live for the people that need to know Him. Live for for truth and righteousness and grace. Live your life in a way that that people can see who God is. That's what we're called to do as Christians. You say, yeah, I know, well, yeah, Pastor, that's exactly what you're called to do. Or Pastor Magic, that's exactly what he's called to do. No, this is, he didn't, he didn't, Stand up here. Jesus didn't stand up here and say, now all the ones that are called to be pastors, this is how you are supposed to live. You're supposed to minister. pastors. You minister to all these people. He's speaking to all of us. Some of us are called to be pastors. Some are called to be missionaries. Some are called to be evangelists. Some are called, or all, I should say, are called to minister to those around them, no matter where they're at to be the light of the world, to be that salt that flavors the world around them, that brings the taste of who God is to people around them. Amen? That's all of us. Every single one of us are called to that. Our lives shouldn't revolve around what we're against. Our lives should be lived for something. Should be lived for for truth, righteousness, grace, all these things that Jesus came to bring us. See, when Jesus came, I, I don't know about you, sometimes I try to think about all these things that the Bible's telling us happened for us, like God loving us so much that He sent His Son, who's fully God, to, to live on the, the world. That this, like, I mean, it wasn't here in Waterloo, but it, but it was here on the earth to be fully man and fully God and you try to think about that and your head starts hurting so you're like, wait a second, let me put that aside so I can, I'll think about it later but my head's hurting now. But God sent his son down to live like we live so that he could take our sins and our shame and when Christ came down, he, he said, he even said this, he said, I didn't come to condemn the world but to save them. See, See, Christ came to live for something, and it was for you and for me. It was for us so that we could come into relationship with God. If if Jesus went around all the time and and just reacting or or coming to, to tell people that they were wrong, how would people know who God is? It's the same with us. He's like, don't just go around saying what's wrong. Sometimes we speak the truth in love. Sometimes we have to do that. But, but make sure that, that so many more times you are being the light of truth in the world around you. That when you walk into the room, the light of Christ comes into the room with you so that people can have that like you have it. So we can't take and, and be anti this or anti that all the time because then we don't get to share who God is with the people. We're just sharing that they're wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're not sharing who God is. Oh, It's easy to define ourselves by what we're against. And so many times we can tend to do that, right? We say, well, I'm not, I'm not for this. Or even at churches. It's like so many times we can say, well, we don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. We don't want to have. Act like this or or do that, but that's not gonna help anybody. What's gonna help people? You know what it is? It's like Life Church acts in Waterloo, and they say, What are we gonna live for? We're gonna live for helping the people in our community. We're gonna do extreme, not just a little bit, but we're gonna do it extreme. We're gonna go out there in the really cold, cold. Not just a little cold, but the really cold cold. Did you guys have fun doing that? And we're going to shovel and blowtorch people's snow off their driveways. And we're going we're gonna, to, you know, not tell people you should get your leaves off of your yard. But we're going to go extremely get them off of their yard. You know what I'm saying? It's living for something and for your community, see? And, and what happened? What would happen if you just were like, you know, psh, There's so much bad stuff in our community and we need to tell everybody that they're bad. Are they going to come into a relationship with God? Are they going to know who God is? Are they going to see the love of God? No, they're not. They're just going to feel condemned. They're just going to feel just like the church is mean, really. Really? but that's not what, you, what you're doing, right? And so I'm just saying this is like, it's how we're supposed to live every single one of us, every single day of our life. And, and I hope to just encourage you that, that every day we walk out of our, the doors of our house that we ask God, say, hey, God, don't let me be negative don't don't let me condemn people but allow my my truth that i have because of you to show people that there's a better way and as we live like he lived then people will understand that they need that right light attracts things when it's dark outside and and, and have you ever Seeing like the streetlights in the middle of summer when it's dark out, and then you look up the streetlight and there's like bugs flying around it, and and you see all the animals coming around because they want to see and, and 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 it attracts things. See, and that's what God is is speaking to us. What Jesus is saying to us here in this in this scripture is be attractive. Attract people by being the light that I've called you to be. Don't react, but live for something. Live for him and for people to know him. In Ephesians 5, 8 through 13, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk. Walk. As children of the light. It's it's pretty simple. This is here you've got you've got Paul telling us this, really coming and and sharing these words that, that Jesus shared on the Sermon on the Mount. And he's adding a few things here too to give some more emphasis to how we should live. But he's saying the same thing. It's like, hey, you were once in darkness. You once had a bad attitude and and was negative about everything, and lived in sin and, and did all that stuff. You know, wrapped yourself in all these issues like everybody else does. You know, when they don't know God, he said you were once like that, but now you're a children of God. You're a children of light. Walk that way. Be the light, like Jesus has told us to live. And in verse 9 he says for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness righteousness and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them for what is shameful or for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret but all things are exposed or made manifest by light for whatever makes manifest is light So he goes on to tell us, he says, be the light. You're once in darkness, now you're light, now be the light. And then he goes on to say what the fruit of living as the light of Christ is. It's righteousness, it's goodness, it's truth. He says, if if you're living as the light, there should be goodness in you. You should help people. There should be righteousness in you. They should live in a way that exemplifies who God is, not who the world is. And there should be truth in you that you're not going around lying all the time or just getting involved in all of this talk and this mess that, that, that maybe we once did when we lived that way. He said, but now live with truth in your heart and righteousness and goodness. And it says, things that are made manifest, things that are exposed, things that that are are exposed are exposed by light. Now let me ask you a question. How do you make light come into darkness? You turn on the lights. Has anybody gone into a room and, and, and it's super dark in your house? You didn't have the lights on and all of a sudden the sun goes down and now it's all of a sudden really dark? And do you go into the room and you say, Room, you're dark! <laughs> Has anybody ever done that? <laughs> I want to sometime to see if, it, see if all of a sudden it doesn't get dark. Or, you know, it's not dark, it gets light. But no, we don't. We don't just say... Hey, room, you're dark. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll be light. No, we have to go into the room, and when we go into the room that's dark, we have to turn on the lights, right? Whatever is made manifest is made manifest not by saying it's dark or saying it's wrong or saying it's bad. It's made manifest and it's helped by the light actually coming into the room or the truth of God coming into the situation that's a negative situation, right? Or, or when there's sickness, not saying, ah, you're sick, but bringing the truth of who God is and the love of God and, and praying for somebody. And that's what happens where, where people become healed because, because we're bringing God into the situation. Those things are exposed as sickness or, or as sin or, 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 you know, some negative situation by bringing light into it. Not by telling it it's bad not by saying it's wrong. And so that's what Jesus is trying to explain to us. He said, look, you have to speak the truth. You have to stand up for what you believe, but but understand that what changes things is the light that's in you, not the argument that's in you. What changes things is the God that's in you, the the Jesus in your life, the truth and the righteousness. That's what changes things, not not the, the telling or being able to, you know, even, if you will take this the right way, hopefully, not even being able to memorize scriptures and being able to just spout them out at somebody and, and trying to get them to be convicted is, is not what brings conviction into their life. It's not bad to memorize scriptures, by the way. <laughs> but the point is, is that that's not what brings the change in their life. That's not what convicts, is us being able to argue or being able to, to, to out-memorize the scripture of somebody. What brings conviction and change in their life is the Holy Spirit, the light that Christ has placed in us What we can do is show them who he is. And that happens by love, by living righteous as much as we can. None none is fully righteous, but living the best we can like Christ lived and trying to help them to understand that there is a God who loves them, that there is a God who can make everything better in their life if they know him by being that light see christ whenever he was on the you know who you know the, the ones that jesus actually condemned it was the religious people the ones that he spoke super strongly and told them that they were wrong was the religious ones The ones that washed their hands so many times and felt like, oh, I'm close to God because I washed my hands the right way. The ones that that prayed out on the, the street corner really loud so everybody could hear them and think that they're so holy and I'm close to God because I pray really loud and on the street corner. Those are the ones that Christ came to and spoke that way to. The ones that were in sin, he came with love. He spoke truth, but in love. He showed them a better way. He showed them that they could live differently. And the ones that he got on to were the Christians. Well, not the Christians, but the the religious people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because they thought that all their rituals were what made them right with God. He says, you're missing something, that relationship with me. That relationship with me is what brings you to the place that you need to be with your heavenly Father. And that's what brings people to Christ also. Amen? So then back to Matthew five thirteen, where Jesus is saying, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. See, as Jesus, as Jesus followers, Jesus people, if you will, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. What, is, what exactly does that mean? And it says, and if it loses its flavor. If salt loses it, how does salt lose its flavor? I don't know. Does salt, I, you guys may know, I actually haven't studied this. Like if you keep it like 10 years, does it lose its flavor? No. Okay, so. So, you know how salt loses its flavor, I would assume? Is if it's watered down or mixed in with other stuff that shouldn't be in it. Right? As Jesus saying, how would, you, how would you lose your flavor as the salt of the earth? Allowing other stuff to get mixed in with your salt. Allowing stuff to water it down, if, with, if you will, or putting like filler in there, which is stuff that's, that's out there that shouldn't be in there. How do we do that? Whenever we are reactionary and are just getting involved and, and getting these things that like even when we're saying no that's not right, you're allowing that to to take control of your mind, even when you're saying it's wrong. And we have to speak the truth. We have to say it's wrong. But what I feel that Jesus is saying is say, I'm not gonna live this way. This is wrong. And then say, I'm going to let that go, and I'm going to live my life full of who he is, full of delight. I'm not going to allow myself to, to dwell on these things that are going on. I'm not going to allow myself to think about these things all day and worry about them. I don't have to worry about them. All I have to do is allow myself to have this relationship with God without messing and watering it down or letting my salt lose its flavor with all this world stuff and i can live the light that he's called me to live he says you're the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lamp stand and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He's saying, Let, let's, live, let's live our lives. He's saying, please, can, can, let's live our lives that they can see the good works that God has called us to. And I, I don't, I hope you don't take this as like, it's like I'm coming at you. I'm just saying, my, my hope, and look, I'm going I'm to say this. I say this every once in a while. That I'm preaching it myself too. Like I'm saying this to myself because I'm like, am I living my life every day in a way that I'm being a light to those that need light? Am I living my life in a way that, that is the flavor of who God is, that salt that he's called us to, to be, in a way that is that flavor of who God is to those that I come in contact with? Hopefully that we all, we all go out of the doors of our houses every day and say that. and Say, God, let me bring flavor to the world. God, let me bring light to the world. My family, or well, my wife's family, whenever we started dating. There you know, they her grandparents had a farm in Farmington, Missouri, and, you know, kinda country life and fried chicken and green beans and potatoes and all this stuff. And and I was, you know, I'm from Fenton. So which is, you know, the county and, and I didn't realize that I grew up with bland food. <laughs> Nothing against my mom, but she didn't make the country food, you know. Um, and then I, I started dating Tori, and all of a sudden, I take a bite of this food, and I'm like, oh my goodness. What is in this? There's so much flavor, and there's salt, and it's like jumping on my tongue. It tastes so good. And then I look around, and they're like, Psh, put some more on there, you know. And everybody's putting more, and I was like, wait a second. I don't know if I can handle any more. But if you will, think about this. If you dump a whole pound bag of salt or, a, you know, whatever, one of those can't, you know, the containers of salt in your food, it's not going to taste good. Is it? It wouldn't to me. But the salt of the world that, that, that Christ is asking you to live, it's not to go throw in a... Throwing a pound of salt at somebody and hitting them up upside the head, because sometimes we live like that too, you know, right? It's like, hey, you're living wrong. I'm gonna throw this Bible and hit you in the head. I'm gonna throw my salt at you. But he's saying, be the salt. How do you use salt? Just sprinkle it on. You give it a little flavor. What do you do? You taste it. I think I need some more salt. <laughs> going to put some more salt on there. And you know what happens? That, that people, whenever we come in with love, sprinkling the salt on, they see that they've been missing something, and they want more. They want more of that. What would happen if you just dumped it all on there? They'd be like, yeah, I don't like that at all. I'm not going to do that. And Christ is saying, walk in love, walk in righteousness, walk in who I am, be that salt. The, salt the salt means bringing who he is into the world and changing the world around you by bringing him in there. The light means being the light of who Christ is that attracts people to him. And you know what also what salt does? Salt makes people thirsty. Right? It's, it, it's, there's a craving that happens. For water, right? They come for more, for more of who God is. If you drink, yeah, I mean, there's so much great stuff in here. He's saying, be the salt. Breathe that flavor of God in the world around you. Be that light that attracts people. Don't tell the darkness it's dark. Bring the light to make manifest the darkness. He'll bring exposure to who God is, to people that need him. In John 8, 12, it says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He's the light of the world. It's not our light. We are not the ones that are giving this light. It's him through us. And he did that by coming and dying on the cross for us. In an amazing act of love by our Heavenly Father to, to, to send His Son to die on the cross for us. And He didn't come to condemn us, but He came to expose us to the light. He said, I'll take those things that you deserve. You do the the shame the condemnation that, that could possibly be there, Jesus said, I'm going to take that. Whenever God looks at you, he's not going to see the past that you have. He's not going to see those things that you did in the past. He's going to see me in you. If you come to me and you, and you come into relationship with me, if you ask me into your heart, then I'll bring you into this relationship that you were created for. And he says, once that happens says you get to live like me and you get to be that example to those around you. Every single day of your life. So my hope is today that we'd be the light more than we ever have before. That we be that salt that flavors, that brings I mean think about that. Food is bland without God. Life is bland. I mean, food is bland without salt. Life is bland. <laughs> is bland without God, too. <laughs> Food is bland without salt. Life is bland without God. Amen. We get to bring him to those around us. We get to. We get to. We get to be used by God to help people come into relationship with him. Amen? Amen. So I, I just encourage you to ask God. Say, God... Let me speak to those around me who you are, how good you are, how loving you are, and how merciful you are, that they could know you better, that they could come to a relationship with you if they don't know you. Let my life be an example. Let my life be a light to the world around me. Amen? Would you stand with me? So the message is about what are you for? Jesus' life was for something, not against us. He didn't come against us. He came for us. And he says, please, live your life for something. Don't don't just be bogged down with being against stuff. That will only keep you from doing what I have for you. But live for him. Live for the people around you so that they can know him better. Amen? Amen?